Hey, Cozy Robots, I'm Mike McCard. My pronouns are he, him. And I'm Grace Vaughn, and my pronouns are she, her. Welcome to the Cozy Robot Show, a show where we try to have fun learning about the world and our feelings and uh, trying new things. And uh, summer is officially here. It is hot. We're having a heat wave out here on the West. It is very, very, very hot. Uh, not too bad where I am, uh, thanks to the Pacific Ocean, but for most of the West, it is really, really, really overwhelmingly hot, and so we want to figure out how to chill, how to let's get laid back in the middle of the summer season. So to support that, we are changing things up for the summer on the show in two ways. Number one, instead of the Cozy Robot Show coming out every week, it's going to come out every other week to give you time to have barbecues and chill hangs and all the kind of things you like to do during summer. And the second thing that's going to change just for the summer is we're no longer going to be recording live every week at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We are going to record live when is convenient for uh, the people on the show and our guests. So that means if you'd like to be part of the live experience, uh, starting in our next show, we'll have next week off, our first off week for the summer, uh, just make sure you subscribe uh, on social media and hit that notification bell, and we'll make sure to let you know when things are happening. Now, I do also want to let you know there won't be changes to our social events in the Cozy Robots community. So that means the book club is still happening as scheduled. Uh, game together is still happening as scheduled. The after party will no longer be the after party. It will become game night. And uh, we'll figure out if we need to move the time on that at all for the community. But it will still happen every week. So game night will be happening all summer long. Just not the weekly podcast, which will be every other week. And the live recording, which will be live, but like whenever we feel like it. Uh, so that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big change. Sure. We are live right now on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Twitch and YouTube. And as always, the show will come out as a podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, Wednesday. And we'll continue to have a Wednesday release over the summer as well. I am super excited about this episode in particular. I'm always excited about the show, of course. Mm -hmm. But I am like extra excited about uh, this episode. Grace, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really excited. And my excitement is bolstered by how many audience questions we got for this subject and for this guest co-host. Yeah, this is a this is a big deal, you know. Uh, let's be real. This is just a, a, a friend of mine who I, I just am wild about. Uh, so tonight on the Cozy Robot Show, uh, we're joined by uh, a friend of mine and a member of the Cozy Robot community, A.J. Waters. Uh, A.J. is a writer, educator, and small business owner who owns an inclusive indoor skate park in Milwaukee, Oregon, called Stronger Skate Park. A.J. is also an autistic, non-binary trans man who has graciously decided to lend us their time to discuss the transgender experience. So... Without further ado, AJ, thank Woo! you for joining us on the show tonight. Of course. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. little point of trivia to, as we record that is it is Monday, June 28th, which is my birthday. Hooray! And uh, there's nothing I'd rather do for my birthday, Happy birthday than hang out with AJ. So good to see you again, my friend. I had no idea it was your birthday until right now. <laughs> I play it real cool on birthdays. Yeah, you I'm, do, apparently. A, it's a celebratory a episode. <laughs> yes. So for my birthday, we are going to talk about non-binary <laughs> identity in an inclusive way, which is exactly what I would Yeah, want. honestly, so, yeah. Mike, that sounds exactly like the best present for it's, you. It's on brand for sure. <laughs> for real. <laughs> well, without further ado, to quote Mike... AJ, I want to jump into our first audience question. So, which, by the way, if I could, if I could just, I just, I, I hate to interrupt. Please, you, Grace. please do. You know, transphobia is a big problem all across the world in the United States. People don't understand gender in the first place, even their own, in my opinion, uh, and they get really nervous and, frankly, afraid uh, or angry when we talk about 
gender identity and differences in gender identity. And um, this is, you know, a, a disappointing time in terms of uh, social and political progress for trans issues. We're seeing a lot of regression that kind of started in the Trump administration, but some of that continues in the courts during the current administration as well. And I just wanted to say how pleased and how proud I am of the Cozy Robots community for the thoughtfulness of these questions, for the kindness of these questions. It does what I hope we learn to do well, which is to be curious and to be open with curiosity, but also take ownership of our feelings and our curiosity and ask questions in a way that honors every person's dignity and humanity. So I just want you to know, every one of you listening and every one of you watching, how pleased and encouraged I was by the questions we got on the program this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for sending in your questions. And here comes the first of those questions. At Misi on Instagram asks, walk us through the experience of finally aligning one's mind, heart, and body. AJ, can you speak mm. to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, uh, a big moment for me was on my birthday in May of 2019. Um, I had actually uh, gone to a local bookstore, a queer owned bookstore. If you're ever in Portland, shout out to books with pictures. They are <laughs> incredible. You've got to go there, especially if you're a fan of comic books. They are the place. Um, mm. And I went there to buy books to learn more about LGBTQ topics because I had opened stronger and I really wanted to just be like the best ally I could be. And I went there <laughs> and uh, the wonderful woman who works there, who is a good friend of mine, she said, okay, here are the books to learn the stuff you want to learn. But also here's another book that I just really think will, will be good for you. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, and it was a book about a non-binary person kind of discovering their identity and dealing with it and coming out. It's called Gender Queer by Maya Kobabe, and it's very good. And uh, reading that, it was very quiet at work that day. I was just sitting in an empty skate park. We were only open for a month, and it was very quiet at the beginning. And I was just sitting there reading it on my 33rd birthday. I'm not good at math. <laughs> <laughs> on my birthday, and realizing that I am sharing so much with this person wow. in this book and that there are words for my experience that I didn't realize were out there, um, that I had spent my whole life kind of feeling like I didn't fit in, that something was wrong, that I didn't understand why I didn't really fit in. Uh, especially when they divide things by gender um, as much as possible. I wanted to be with the boys, but that wasn't an option. Um mm -hmm. And so being able to have that language for the first time and understand what it means, I, I thought I knew what being trans was. I'd heard it. I had a couple trans acquaintances, but none of them were really close friends. Um, and reading that book just really was like, this is me and I have to like kind of reckon with this. And some mm. trans people will call this like their crisis moment. Um, that they went through a gender crisis uh, trying to figure this out. Um, it was very much similar to finding out I was autistic. It was very much similar to losing my faith, uh, which was another thing I went through several years ago. It was a very similar kind of identity crisis. Um, and after a couple really hard months of a lot of crying and a lot of basically facing my own internalized transphobia, which is mm. a big concept, but a lot of trans people have to deal with that, that like we're, we grow up in a transphobic society. And so we start to believe some of those things, whether it's about us or other people. Um, so after a few months of really dealing with that, I started to slowly come out to people uh, first only as non-binary and just asking people to use different pronouns for me was huge. It was mm. like, Oh, this feels so much better. I didn't realize how much, how uncomfortable it was because I didn't understand that there was an alternative. It's kind of like, you don't realize how hot this room is that I'm in right now because we're one of the hottest cities in the country right now until you walk to a room that's cooler and all of a sudden you're like, I was living like this the whole time wow. and there was another option out there. Mm -hmm. um, and so then that led me to, I was already in therapy. I've been in therapy with the same therapist for years. She'll probably watch this, so... <gasps> 
hello Shout to out. my therapist. She is incredible uh, and I love her. Uh, so I started dealing with it a lot in therapy, talking to my partner. I reached out to my one like trans friend on the internet and was like, help me. And he was like, I'm here for you. I got you. Um, and uh, it was a very, uh, you know, it's a nonlinear process of kind of coming out. I didn't come out all at once, but having those first couple places where I could be like, hey, can you try this name for me? Can you try these pronouns for me? And feeling how good it felt was was huge and i was like okay this is the right thing i have to do it and there was kind of this push pull like i want to i don't want to especially at work uh because i had just launched this business i had been on the local news all with a different name and i was like mm. how am i gonna come out to you know all of these people again uh as a new person <laughs> so that was the hardest part and that held me back for a while from kind of fully coming out i didn't want to do that you know, publicly that fast, but I did eventually. And it was, it's so, so, so worth it. Um, I started uh, taking testosterone HRT in December of 2019. So about uh, what would that be like? Not seven months after I first kind of came out to myself, I had that coming out moment. I decided I wanted to start taking testosterone. And then I had a top surgery last October, um, which is, uh, was a huge step. It's definitely like a challenging thing for your body to go through. Mm -hmm. But man, it's every step of the way has been so worth it because I get to like look in the mirror and be like, there you mm -hmm. are there. I see you. And it's me instead of looking in the mirror and being like, I don't know who I am. I don't understand mm -hmm. who this person is looking at me. It doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know until, you know, I read some more about trans people that that I was included in that. Um so, yeah, I think that mostly answers that question yeah. in kind of a fly-by way. Yeah. Absolutely. And, AJ, mm -hmm. you brought up hormones. And that brings mm -hmm. me to our second question of the night. At DM Tear Pack on Instagram asks, Hey, AJ, what sort of emotional slash mood shifts did you notice when you started HRT? Oh man. Um, it's the first day. Uh, I don't know if it was the first day. I think it was about 12 hours after my first, I started on an extremely low dose because I'm a very anxious person who's very mm -hmm. sensitive to substances. Mm -hmm. Um, so I take everything slow. So I basically went to my, my doctor and was like, I want to start on the tiniest amount possible because <laughs> sure. I can always bump up. And I've always, you know, kind of struggled with hormones making me feel a lot of rough things. So I was very scared about this uh, when I started, even though I wanted to, I was still very afraid. Um, and about 12 hours after I uh, had the first shot at my doctor's office, uh, testosterone comes in a, a bunch of different formats, but I'm taking it as an injection. Um, uh, I just like felt like lighter and like happy just like mm. out of nowhere. It was also Christmas time and I just adore Christmas. <laughs> I love everything about it. So I'm just hanging up Christmas lights and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I feel I feel different and it feels really good. Like, what is this? Mm. Mm. Um, and it was really interesting at first, the first couple of weeks, I was both more energized and more tired at the same time, if such a thing is possible. Um, like when I was awake, I was really awake. And when I was tired, I was really, really tired. Um, and early on in the early weeks and months, I definitely had to deal with uh, a little bit of feeling a little more short tempered, a little more snappy at my family. I kind of had to work through that as I went on and was on uh, testosterone longer. That kind of went away, but it was definitely a period I went through where that was a new a new thing that was hard for me for a moment. Um, overall, long term, a lot of a lot of trans guys will tell this to you. Uh, it's the the H's. You're hot, you're hungry, and you're horny. Those are <laughs> that's what it does. Um, you know, I'm basically going through teenage boy oh, puberty, teenage cis boy uh -huh, puberty right now. Uh -huh. It's a very long process, just like for you know adolescence. So I'm not even. Uh, two years in yet. So I'm still still pretty early on. But all of those things are true. I have so much new body hair that is wonderful. Mm. <laughs> and I'm waiting for my facial hair to really come in. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I just feel now like more even than I've ever felt. Like I just feel like, like a base level happy that I didn't have 
in my life really previously. I had a base wow. level of like depression and empty. And now I have a base level of kind of happy, which is really nice. I, I love it. I'm very happy. <laughs> it's always remarkable to me. Um, all of my, my trans and non-binary friends who have started HRT. How really similar they describe their experience as like what I went through when my body started making testosterone, right? Like, mm -hmm. like it's uncanny. And I think I, I don't want to like overemphasize any one point, but there's one thing that when we talk about gender identity, people go, well, I, I just don't understand, but we all understand like what it's like for your body to change. Mm -hmm. Like we understand like what that means for your identity and like as your body changes, how that relates to how you understand yourself and how you, there can be a, a gap and a distance between how you see yourself and what your body is doing. And I just, I, I want to just like put the spotlight there just for a second for everyone listening. If you have ever said like, I, I just don't understand or I don't, I don't see the need or whatever, um, understand that what we are still talking about is bodies, bodies growing and bodies changing. And that's something that we all go through. Mm -hmm. And we all also make changes to our bodies in service of our identity and our mental health. Like we all do that. These aren't uh, issues that are restricted or unique to people uh, who are trans. And so um, I just want to remind everyone of that. Uh, I just got to say hi to Rebecca in the chat, who I also met at an event that Mike was at. And then we found out we lived relatively close together as well in Seattle. We met in line uh, right before going into a party where Mike took his shirt off. So. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we got some real all-stars in the chat. I know Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Of course. There's Stephanie. Good to see hi, you, Stephanie. Stephanie. But, and my, and my uh, wife, Amy, is in there on youtube so you can click right on her name and go to her youtube channel and see the studio yes, and it's full glory absolutely. <laughs> and nova is here as well which is a friend of mine so good yeah good to see everybody out there thank you for joining good us. to see all you cozy robots and here comes another cozy robot question actually here's three that basically amount to the <laughs> same question and aj oh and hey priscilla i oh. know that uh that you know what I'm about to say because we, I threw some of these to you pre-show, but here we go. At Megan Listino on Instagram asks, I don't often hear someone is a trans man and non-binary. I'm curious about the intersection. Also, at Amy underscore Doc on Instagram asks similarly, how can a person be trans and non-binary? And lastly, at Clift on ONC on Instagram asks, do non-binary persons also identify as trans? Well, those are all great questions. And there's a couple different ways to approach it. Um, and I think, um, uh, let me take a breath for a take sec. Take your time. Um, I think the first thing to understand is the word trans just means a difference in the gender you were assigned at birth. So many non-binary people uh, consider themselves trans because even if they're non-binary or a gender that just doesn't fit, there are pe people are coming up with genders every day. Um, uh, mm -hmm. They're just not the gender they were assigned at birth. Mm -hmm. So uh, some non-binary don't people do not identify as trans, and that's fine. Um, but the word trans just simply means across or different from what you were assigned at birth. Um, so there's that aspect to it. Also, there's, as I like to say, uh, gender is made up and the points don't matter. So you can use whatever. You, want. you can use any words you want, however you want. Um, yeah. And it's the same thing with with sexuality. Like, you know, if you're like, oh, well, I identify as queer and gay. Like, cool. Great. Do it. I identify as trans and non-binary. Great. There are also people who are gender fluid. There are people who are. Uh, which means they feel different genders at different times. There are people who are bi-gender, which means they are more than one gender. Um, but for me, like, I spent a really long time kind of trying to decide, am I a trans man or am I non-binary? Am I, which one am I? And then I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm both. Mm. I need to be both. That's the only thing that fits 
best for me. And then it turns out once I kind of started getting involved in the trans community online, that there are lots of people who identify that way. Um, there are people who consider themselves non-binary and then also the gender they were assigned at birth. So they might be a non-binary man and they were assigned male at birth or people who are non-binary and then a gender different from the gender they were assigned at birth. So um, it really is kind of all made up uh, just in the Western world for the past several hundred years. They've taught us that there are two genders and they are based on your external genitalia and nothing mm -hmm. else and nothing else matters. And that hasn't been true for all of history um, or all cultures. And it's not really ever true. We just <laughs> get it up and make gender be whatever we want it to be. So um, that's kind of my main my main uh, thought on that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Something I love, and I mean love, about the LGBTQ movement and pride is the way gender and the exploration of gender and sexual orientation and sexuality and the exploration of those things becomes fun and fluid and dynamic. And, you know, I know that uh, there's a lot of people who have followed my work and who follow the Cozy Robot Show who are affirming or are queer themselves. And I also know there's still some people out there like, gosh, could we just talk about, like, science or could we just talk about other things? Like, this is fine, those are there, but why do we have to come back to it? The only reason... It's not fun for everybody, including as children and pubescents and adolescents, to explore gender and sexuality is because of really strict social rules and taboo and external pressure. So I, you know, can we all work together to, to lift these stigmas away from the exploration of gender and sexuality? Because listen... I just so comfortably identify as a man. It just seems to fit. It is always fit. Um, and great for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But everyone should have that same opportunity to figure out who they are without an external pressure making them feel shame or afraid, or disconnected from friends or family, or isolated in, in spiritual community. And uh, I just, like I say, I adore the way that the LGBTQ community is supportive of people not only figuring out who they are today, but being open to that growing and changing over time, as we know is actually really normal and normative and helpful and adaptive for people. Fantastic. <laughs> That's just all I have to say to that is just fantastic. <laughs> yep. so, sorry, random soapbox. I uh, absolutely do not apologize. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, and now back to the next question. I gotta work <laughs> on these transitions, Mike. Dear God. All right. You're doing Thank great, you. Grace. Thank you. All right, AJ. Here's another question. At Tiny Baby Grill on Instagram asks. <laughs> yeah, I also Wait, really? love this that uh handle. It's very funny to me. That is amazing. <laughs> what is one of the most least understood things slash misconceptions? of being trans? Um, I honestly think the biggest one is that all trans people are binary trans, that they're just simply mm. moving from one binary gender to another. That's how the world really portrays trans people, especially in the news and in media. It's this person was born a man and now they want to play in women's sports. Like, yeah. Okay, like <laughs> there's so much more. Yes, that was the motivation. <laughs> you know, that's it. Right. And it's like, it's not, it's, it's so, uh, it just limits, like really misses the 
like galaxy of a spectrum that is trans people. Like not everyone is just simply moving from one far side of a binary to another far side of a binary. Mm -hmm. There are so many, like I just said, there are people who are gender fluid. There are people who are non-binary. And another going along with that is the assumption that everyone is going to medically transition in some way or another or completely medically transition. Like a lot of people assume like, oh, you're trans. That means you're going to change your name. You're going to uh, take HRT. You're going to have the surgery, which is, you know, uh, not true for many trans people, oftentimes because they don't want to. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't want to medically transition in certain ways or they only want to in some ways. Some people microdose testosterone forever um, and it never changes their appearance that dramatically, but it makes them feel better. Um, just there's so many different ways to be trans. And I think that everyone assumes that it's one of either just one story Mm -hmm. or one of two stories, which are both just binary transitions. So that's, Mm. that's the biggest one for sure. Gosh, people love a binary, don't they? Yes. Yes, they do. Every situation people Uh are like, okay, as fast as possible. Can we make it A or B (laughs) emphasis on or? As fast as possible. Let's put this in a box. One thing I love about the Cozy Robots and the work Mike has been doing forever is that he's just been breaking down binaries all this time, especially like faith or no faith. No, we can just (laughs) kind of live in the middle and it's fine. It's great. These, these middles are the best place to be. Really yeah, are. AJ, I love the way you just described it. Uh, faith or no faith, no. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like, it, uh, abs- there's a gray. There's always a gray. Mm-hmm. And most trans people are in a, in a gray. They're not 100%, you know, what you think their transition is going to look like. Yeah, and it makes sense knowing people. People are so different. Every person is so different from the, the, your next door neighbor is not anything like the movie star you just watched in that movie is not anything like your sister. <laughs> and so yes. to think that we would be that we would somehow all gravitate towards like a neat little box where we sit and we're like, we perfectly match each. Other. It just doesn't make any sense. So um, it's so restrictive uh, and painful so boring. and boring. Yes, absolutely. So, AJ, thank you for dispelling that myth for us. Very helpful. And on that note, we are uh, two minutes early, I suppose, but it could be time for ads. Right Mike. on time. Right on time. All right. Let's uh, let's see who made this show possible this week. We'll be right back. The amazing conversations we have on the Cozy Robot Show are only possible because we're supported by sponsors. And this week... I'd like to tell you about two wonderful companies who have made this conversation possible. The first is our friends over at KiwiCo. KiwiCo is a company that creates hands-on learning projects for kids of all ages, that would include me, (laughs) to make learning about science, technology, engineering, art, and math really, really fun. The way KiwiCo works is you sign up for a line of crates. These crates are based on the recipient's age and their interests. So they'll be uh, better suited for people at different ages of personal and mental development, as well as, are we more interested in an engineering or construction project or more interested in something arts-oriented or a mix of the two? You can change these lines anytime. And when you do, you get a crate every month delivered right to your doorstep. And these crates have absolutely everything you need to complete the project. There'll be no emergency runs to the store for something missing. They have comprehensive and kid-friendly instructions, as well as an included magazine that will allow deeper learning into the topic. And because they're hands-on, they really do create deep, fun, and exciting learning experiences. We have tons of KiwiCo crates in our home and the completed projects that come from them. Uh, We've built all kinds of things together as a family. And I also love that it helps my kids uh, have time where they're not really doing the screens thing. They're doing something hands-on, something participatory, and something that creates a sense of independence and accomplishment. This is true. And all the KiwiCo crates my kids have ever done 
they've ever asked me for help. They've always finished it on their own and felt accomplished when they do. And I've had my daughters come and tell me that when they've approached uh, uh, or, or started a topic at school, school that they've already done a Kiwi crate on, well, guess what? Now they understand it really well, and they're ahead of the game. So uh, they're really fun, uh, and they create hands-on exploration in the comfort of home. So, with KiwiCo's hands-on art and science projects, kids can engineer a hydraulic claw, build an animation machine, explore colorful, kid-friendly chemistry, and more. It's everything you need to make STEAM seriously fun delivered to your doorstep. So, you can get your first month free on Select Crates by going to KiwiCo.com slash CozyRobots. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash cozy robots this week i'd also like to talk to you about nordvpn the internet can be a frightening place there are a lot of bad actors out there trying to get to your devices and to your data and there's a lot of advertising companies that like to track what you do online so why not make it more difficult by adding a vpn to your internet connection uh nordvpn is one of the best vpn providers out there They've got super fast servers, over 5,000 in 59 countries, and they create an encryption tunnel around your internet connection that actually blocks your traffic from your ISP and anyone else on your local network. It's perfect when you're traveling in an airport or going to a coffee shop. They've also got a cybersex suite, which can add as act as an ad blocker to help block those annoying ads online. They do no data logging, and they offer up to six simultaneous connections, which are compatible with all the operating systems you'll have in your life, like Windows, Mac OS, Linux, iOS, etc. Android as well, of course. So, uh, for NordVPN's birthday, every purchase of a two-year plan will get you one additional month free, plus a surprise gift. You can learn more and sign up today by going to nordvpn.com slash CozyRobots and use the coupon code Cozy Robots. Welcome back to the Cozy Robot Show, everybody. We're going to start this half of the Cozy Robot Show with a trigger warning. The next question I'm going to ask uh, involves transphobia. So if that is something that you are worried about hearing, uh, feel free to, as Mike always says, take some time, step away from the podcast tune in a little later or perhaps, uh, you know, skip ahead um, if you're listening to this at a later date. All right, here comes the question. And also, this question is to be thrown Mike's way as well as AJ's. So both of you are up for answering this one. At James... When you said Mike's way, I immediately thought of the uh, subs. Mike, Mike when I wrote this... <laughs> We're when doing I, this question Mike's way, so that's going to be with lettuce and, and oil yeah. vinegar. Yeah. Uh, when I wrote it down, I immediately thought of the sandwich. <laughs> that's so funny. I forgot that I we, thought about that. It seems we've all shared that experience. <laughs> we all were like, yep, this is now a commercial for Jersey Mike's. Um, In fact, I may, I may now just have to insist... Uh, and tell Jenny as soon as the show's over, we're going to get Jersey Mike's for dinner. Thanks oh, man, I want to sub. Oh, man. <laughs> well, and, and <laughs> now that we're all hungry, let's dive into this very heavy topic. At Jamie <laughs> underscore with underscore A underscore Y on Instagram, ask another great handle, asks, how can I get my parents to see they don't need to save, quote-unquote save, my trans sibling from, quote-unquote, hell? Mm -hmm. They truly think they are being loving while they actually cause harm with this belief. Yeah, so I, th I think we'd start with why I'm answering this question because it, it'll relate to the answer to the question. Uh, it, on the Cozy Robot show... Uh, I don't really look at the questions ahead of time because we figured out I'm typically better at answering questions off the cuff than I am when I prepare. Mm -hmm. But we always let our guest co-hosts see all the questions before we record the show. We want people to feel safe and supported whenever they're on this program. And AJ said, this sounds like a great question for Mike. And so I'm answering it. 
here's why it relates to the question. When we are standing in solidarity with people as allies, we should never disempower those people by taking their agency from them. And this is a really common problem in matters of justice. The dominant or more privileged group feels more empowered to use their agency, and so they end up taking other people's agency and in doing so, further marginalize them. So if I had a trans sibling and there was some you know, difficult family dynamics at play, my conversation would start with my trans sibling. And I would say, how can I support you best? Mm -hmm. Right? That's where it starts. Because you don't want to set up like a really strange pattern of codependency or, or um, speaking over a, a trans sibling in the parental dynamic out of a need to to protect or or make yourself feel like a good person or whatever start by centering if you've heard this term before the needs of your trans sibling over your needs and over your parents needs now that might sound weird because people are like I've, I've had people come back when i say this and like well you say you're an egalitarian in all matters so why are you saying we need to center the needs of marginalized people the centering is about helping to mitigate the harms caused by systems and dynamics. In this case, we have two obvious intersections of systems. Number one is our society, our large macro social system. And then inside that, we have a family system. So there's like some theological beliefs and a faith tradition intersecting with the way people relate to each other within a family unit, and that's causing harm. And the most harm that's being caused is to your trans sibling. Now, believe it or not, I actually think there's some harm being caused to you, who's asking the question, and to the parents. Everyone's getting dehumanized in this situation, but the person being dehumanized most, the person being harmed most, is the trans person, which is why we center their needs and center their perspectives in how we move forward. Okay? So you want to ask your sibling, how can I support you best? You want to start talking about ground rules. When would you like me to speak up? in solidarity with you, with, with, with our parents? And when would you not? Would you prefer I do that while we're together in person? Or would you prefer I have conversations on mom and with, with our folks on my own, right? And just start being explicit and clear about the strategies and be open to feedback and changes over time. Because people who are working through matters of gender identity, sexuality, sexual orientation, well, they're figuring out what they're comfortable with. I have so many trans and non-binary people whose pronoun preferences have changed over time. And I might say, well, that feels really inconvenient for me because now I have to learn new pronouns. Mm -hmm. And I'll, let me go ahead and, and say this very clearly. I have uh, learning disabilities related to language. I promise you, for most people, pronouns and name changes are harder for me than they are for you. But when I compare the harm, there's simply no question that it is easier for me to work on the pronouns I use with people I love and care for than it is to cause emotional harm over and over and over, right? So we want to understand, number one, we're setting up some ground rules explicitly, centering the person's needs while also being to changes as they occur over time. Once you've done that, I focus on behavior and not belief. If we go and have a theological debate, I think we're going to get caught in like a sand trap. Mm -hmm. We're going to get really mired up in like, well, how do we read the Bible? And what does the Bible mean? And what did this word mean? And now they're... The parents might agree now, and then they go talk to their pastor, and they come back, I was wrong to agree with you. People are responsible for their own beliefs. Don't take ownership for another person's beliefs. But we can set what is acceptable behavior in shared relationships, and families are shared relationships. It is not only okay, but necessary for children to set boundaries with their parents. I've been doing my best as a parent to teach my children 
that it's okay and appropriate and necessary for them to set boundaries with me and for me to do the same with them. Relationships involve a negotiation on an ongoing basis of where boundaries lie, what is okay and what is not okay in the context of relationship, which is shared interactions between two people, right? So you can be involved in standing in solidarity to help hold boundaries that are set by your trans sibling. What you shouldn't do is set those boundaries for your trans sibling or decide what those boundaries should be. And when we focus on behavior instead of belief, we're getting to something that is practical and pragmatic and can be negotiated, right? So if your trans sibling doesn't want a gospel presentation every time they come home about their, the danger of their immortal soul, then they can set a boundary that says, I don't want to have this conversation and I'm not going to have this conversation. If we continue to try to have this conversation, then I am going to do blank. I'm going to leave. I'm going to reduce contact. All these things. And these aren't threats. These aren't ultimatums. These are boundaries. And you as the sibling can stand in solidarity. And if maybe if the parents need some uh, processing, number one, they should be talking to their therapist and not their kids about this, mm -hmm. but most family systems people haven't done that much work. Uh, but if you know the parents have to process, well, why? I can't believe they said we can't talk about it. Oh my gosh. Well, now there might be an opportunity with your sibling's permission to say, actually, it's really reasonable for someone to set boundaries about the conversations they have and the amount of emotional labor and difficulty they're willing to put into a relationship, even with their parents. So in summary, center the sibling's needs, the trans person, the affected person's needs most. Be open to changes over time and understand the importance of setting, holding, and maintaining boundaries in this and all relationships. Beautiful. <laughs> There's a, an audience question that goes right along with that. And AJ, I'd love to throw this your way as well. At Sib Freakingly on Instagram asks, what are practical ways that non-trans folks can help the trans community? It's kind of going along the lines of what Mike was saying about centering, what a trans person needs. Um, your thoughts, AJ, your thoughts, Mike. Well, if you're listening to this right here, you're already, you've already started. If you're learning, mm -hmm. if you're learning about trans people from trans people, that is an excellent, excellent place to start. Listening to lots of different trans people and their stories um, so that you can see the differences in the community and across the community uh, is a great place to start because they're going to tell you things that are important at that time. Um Always respecting people's name and pronouns is is an easy one. Um, it can be hard to learn, but it's it's kind of the basic floor level first step. <laughs> um, the uh, the next one really is uh, also setting boundaries for the people around you, the communities you're around you, creating making those spaces more trans friendly. Um, and then there's also uh, taking note of like your state laws. There was a question we couldn't get to about about politics and laws, but each because every state is so different. Mm -hmm. um, I can't keep up with all the anti-trans bills that are happening in each state, but you can look up in your own state or your neighboring states what kind of anti-trans bills might be happening or even your local school district. There can be very anti-trans rules surrounding sports and bathrooms and names. Um and uh, you can work to change those starting at very locally, your child's school, your neighborhood, all the way up to your your state legislator by calling your uh, representatives and saying, hey, you can't pass this bill uh, because it hurts trans people or vice versa. If there's a good bill going up in your state working to get that passed. Hmm. Hmm. I'd add relax. Yeah. <laughs> Just relax. You know, when people start to... I'd say come around and realize like, oh, wow, trans rights cost me nothing. And any objection I may have had in the past was based on something like I don't agree with anymore. Uh, people still want to be good and right. 
And so the number of friends I have who like are in the right kind of mental framework about trans rights, but then in interpersonal interactions involving trans and non-binary people get really anxious because they're afraid of what if I use the wrong name? What if I use the wrong pronouns? What if I, what if I, and they get tight and there's a, they create an awkwardness in the interaction. And then when those people, because they're so nervous, <laughs> say the wrong name or say the wrong pronouns, then they apologize so profusely. And it, what you're doing there, you don't realize it with the best of intentions. This boy, this, if this was the biggest problem we had in the world of trans, right? I'd be thrilled, but I'm talking to who's listening right now. <laughs> um, the, the intention there is good, but what you're actually doing is centering what? You and your feelings, right? I have used the wrong pronouns for people. <laughs> you know, I've used the wrong name for people. I, you know, it's not the same. Sometimes I, I call my daughters by the wrong name. And when I call my daughters by the wrong name, I don't go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. I can't, can you forgive me? Right. Can you, I'm so, no, I go, oh gosh, Madison, I'm sorry. I don't know how it was at. Uh, I, I didn't mean to call you Macy. That's your sister, right? If I even say that much, I usually just catch myself and say the other thing, right? Mm -hmm. That level of comfort. Language is hard for primates. <laughs> like, okay, let's just admit that. Like, so when you use the wrong name or pronoun, just, oh, sorry, and then use the right one. Yep, yep, exactly. Just, and that, puts the the centering back where it belongs i've actually found the patience and grace of trans and, and non-binary people about like oh actually do correct i've never i've net it could happen but i've never had someone like read me the riot act over that right mm -hmm. um and so just relax like the, the the biggest thing we need to be aware of as allies is like you know Trans people are people. People, yeah. I was like, we're They're just not people. special prototypes sent from another planet. We're not having an intergalactic encounter. We're just like <laughs> hanging out with a person. And, and as you confront your fear and your discomfort, read, learn, grow, and it unlocks something really fun. It's joy. Whenever I find out someone in my life is coming out as trans or beginning some form of gender confirmation intervention. I just get so excited for them. I get excited, you know, when I'm when I'm close enough to someone, they'll send me updates and I get to hear about the changes in their life related to them bringing their body closer to their gender. Oh my gosh, it's just, it's fun. It's delightful. It's exciting. And when we do our work to center trans people people can tell and we get invited into a level of friendship and intimacy uh, that is very very rewarding and comfortable and exciting I love it and for the for the past couple minutes we've been talking a lot about how allies can talk to trans people and understand the trans experience. So now this next question is for trans people. So AJ, if you wouldn't mind answering this one, at Connor underscore Bartow on Instagram asks, sometimes people are rude AF to trans people. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, it's the AF. It's the AF. <laughs> it's the AF, and I'm sure they would have said the whole thing had they had enough uh, room in the Instagram uh, question box. <laughs> Um, what can they do to protect their mental health? Hmm. Um, that's a great question. And also true. Sometimes our, sometimes people are rude AF, period. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes sure. you get a little bit specific things when you're, when you're trans in the world. Um, Mike just talked about those people who, you know, do the work and get it and, those people are like my favorite people. And those are the people who I spend time around when I'm relaxing, who are the people who I know that on the rare occasion that they might slip up, they just immediately just go, oh, I mean, AJ, you know, they just say that and that's it. And we just keep moving on with our night. Um, and spending time with people like that really helps me to just uh, 
feel good and feel centered. So the, you know, spending time with those people who get you and support you and just treat you like a normal person uh, when you're not out in the world. Cause a lot of times it's when we're doing things out in public or at work that can be draining or difficult. Um, and when we run into those situations in your downtime, you know, spend time with the people who support you and understand you. And then also just like mental health for everyone, do those things that are going to build up your mental health in general. Like for me, I, uh, go to therapy, I skateboard, I go on long walks, I take quiet time. Um, anything that's going to support your mental health in general is going to is going to help you to kind of weather those those ups and downs that you're going to run into throughout the day. And sometimes you just need to find another trans person to vent to. Honestly, I have a few mm -hmm. people where I can just like send them a text and can, you know, be like, you will not believe what this person said to me today. Uh. And then you can both have a little laugh over it and then you just move on. It's done. You let it go out into the world and don't hold on to it. If you hold on to it, you're going to, you're going to hurt and you can't, you just can't mm -hmm. hold on to that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to finish out this fantastic episode with this last question that actually came in from our Discord. So Alex Keeney asks, AJ, here's my question. What is the best part of embracing being trans in your life? And this is this is a this is a bit of a a, a a curveball to AJ. I saw this one come in and I just thought it would be the perfect question to end our episode. Um, the joy. There's just, there's so much joy. Uh, there's oftentimes in media, the pain is what's centered and the hard things are what's centered. Like, oh, you suffered so long as the wrong mm. gender, but there's so much joy. Um, to be found when you when you start figuring out who you are and start living who you are and expressing yourself the ways that feel good to you before I fully understood I was trans I always like kept wanting to cut my hair short but was scared I was scared to do it cut my hair really short before I came out and man it just felt really good and it's things like that that often don't get centered it's that that trans mm -hmm. joy uh, the gender euphoria dysphoria gets mm. talked about a lot, but euphoria doesn't get talked about very much. Some people discover they are trans through euphoria. The first time that they get to pretend, pretend to be a different gender mm. and they go, man, this feels really good. Wow. Good in a way I haven't felt before. So that joy that you just get to, you know, experience so much more often in your life as you become more, uh, authentically yourself is just, it's just great. It's really great. I can tell you, I just feel a different level of, of happiness and joy in my life now than I did several years ago. Um, and, you know, coming out and changing some things in my life really uh, brought that to the front, mm -hmm. to the forefront, Got, let my joy come up instead of just being uh, a lot of confusion and pain. Right. <laughs> Because so often in media, it's kind of from from what I perceive in media, it's always like the struggle, the hardship of being trans, the like the climb up the the vast mountain, and everyone's against you. And I think um, in in parts, those stories are important. But what I'm hearing you say, AJ, is that that's not the whole story, and that to yeah. ignore the joy and happiness of being a trans person and really embracing it. And it just like almost makes me want to cry just from like, I can feel how happy you are and mm. ignoring that part of the story is just, is, is an exercise in not telling it to its fullest. It, exactly. And it leaves, it just leaves so much out of the story um, that's there. And that's most of the story. Most of the story oh, wow. for a lot of people is the joy, the dysphoria and the struggle often ends. And then we live into this joy that the rest of our lives. Um, mm -hmm. And so often that's not looked at. And I love that more and more often there are pride festivals mm -hmm. and other like trans media that's really focusing on the trans joy. And I, I love it. So we need more of that across all of trans storytelling and, and yeah, that's, it's great. 
<laughs> and we have someone in the live chat. I believe your name is pronounced Elise. Elise uh, says there's a reason we refer to it as euphoria. It's an all encompassing. It's all encompassing and wonderful. And mm -hmm. AJ, I believe you, this is someone you know, AJ. Amy Waters <laughs> commented, I discovered my identity largely through euphoria, which is really mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, and then Nova follows up all these wonderful comments with, I'm feeling some euphoria after this great episode. Uh, I'm so happy to see so many like just happy people in the chat. Like everyone's just... Have a, it seems like they're having a great time. Today. They came so out I'm for you, so AJ, for sure. There, I, I was reading the comments at the beginning, and they were like, uh, "Someone, I believe you mentioned them earlier, AJ, but I believe their name is Rebecca." Rebecca, Rebecca said, yep. "I am here for my first live episode because of AJ." So, AJ, it's all thanks to you that we've got some very the cool AJ Waters. Show. <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> Um, speaking of what you do, AJ, as we're wrapping up the episode, would you plug some of where people can find you, how we can interact with you online or in person, uh, whatever you feel comfortable sharing with us, we would love to hear now. Yeah, I am on Instagram. Let me look up. I can't remember. It's a underscore J underscore waters. I don't remember my handles. I believe no, that's right. it's exactly the same. Yes. A underscore J underscore waters. Um, I do have a public Facebook page that I don't use very much. So if you search me over there, you can find my public page. What I do write, which is rare since I've started the skate park, I used to write a lot more often. That's where it is. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to be doing a lot more speaking and writing for different groups in the future. So I'll be uh, posting about that on my my social media as more opportunities come up. Absolutely. And AJ and to all those who tuned in tonight, um, AJ's socials will be available in the description of this video, uh, as well as all the segments that come out later in the week. So we do take segments from the record and we share them on socials. And so you'll be able to see them there. You know, people ask me all the time, what is a cozy robot show? <laughs> What's a cozy robot? Like, I don't understand. And it's so hard to explain. <laughs> it really is. We've tried empathetic skepticism. We took two complicated terms and combined them into an even more complicated term. But, you know, if you're listening or watching, this is the Cozy Robot Show. Yeah. We are we are learning and growing together and having fun doing it and supporting each other in a communal way. Like, I mm -hmm. love how many familiar names and faces are in the chat. I love how many people from the Discord I recognize and we'll see in 15 minutes at the after party. By the way, I picked out a new game for this week I'm really excited about, so I'll see y'all in a minute. OMG. Um, but like the the there's a closeness here uh that I really, really enjoy. And I know lots of people listen to the podcast. I know that. But if you're listening to the podcast and you've ever felt like just a little bit long alone or just a little bit like the hostility on the internet is just too much to deal with. You're a sensitive person. Uh, I hope that you can find ways to be more integrated into the community. That includes by participating in a live recording, which is totally free. Uh, and you can you can join the community for uh, you know very little uh, in terms of like monthly costs by going to cozyrobots.com. Um, this is everything I've dreamed. Uh, that this could be. This is everything that we at Quantum Spin Studios together have tried to build. I just felt like this this episode was the culmination of 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 everything I've hoped for in media. AJ, thank you so much. Thank you, AJ, I, for I feel, joining us. I feel so honored for you to say that, and I I love being a part of the the community and the Discord. It's great. There's there's a lot of good stuff in the Discord. So. I encourage you all to to join and check it out. There's even just like great pictures and stuff. Yeah, memes are plenty. Yes. Pictures, photography, memes, gaming, mm. books. I mean, there's there's more than I can keep up with in mm. there. So, yep. for someone who who has spent a, uh, the last many years getting paid to share my thoughts and speak. I am remarkably uninterested in my own thoughts. <laughs> and I love that we have a community where I am not centered and just a participant. So, 
As always, the Cozy Robot Show is made possible by the most talented and supportive team in the entire world. So I'd like to thank each and every Cozy Robot for making the show possible. Our show's executive producers, Tanner Hearn and Victory Palmazano. Our program is produced by Grace Vaughn and Greg Nordine. Production support provided by Amy Hill. Community management by Grace Vaughn. Music by Madison McCarg and Macy McCarg. Design by Sydney Smith. Motion graphic design, Landon Satterfield. Set design, Jesse Lane. Interiors, wardrobe stylist and craft services, Jenny McCarg. Everyone, thank you for joining us. We can't wait to talk with you again next week. Be well. Bye. Bye, everybody. The Cozy Robot Show.